Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Chelsea fans. Wherever you're listening to this, welcome to the Blue is the Colour podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Charles, and quite simply, where do we go from here? A full post-mortem in order today after Chelsea's humiliating 4-0 defeat to Bournemouth on Wednesday night. What does this mean for Sarri? What does this mean for the rest of Chelsea's season? We'll also be touching on Thursday night's deadline day and looking forward to Saturday's game at home to Huddersfield. As ever, I'm glad to be rejoined by my co-host, Andrew Tindall. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah. Not too good after last night, but uh, yeah, good to be here. Um, yes, it's not going to be the most upbeat podcast I think we've ever done, but uh, I'm also glad to say that we've been joined by a guest for the first time on the pod, Louis Benavente from 100% Chelsea, a good mate of mine. How are you doing, mate? How you? This, this, this is very old school, isn't it? I mean, the last time we were doing this was uh, the last transfer window two, three years ago. So, you know, it's good to be mm. talking to you about football again, mate. Yeah, it's good, but I mean, we, mate, you couldn't have picked maybe a worse one to come on, but maybe it's a good one to come on because I guess we're going to get a lot, lot of honesty and home truths and hopefully come to some solutions uh, by the end of the discussion. Um, there's nowhere else to start, really. Uh, Chelsea's biggest Premier League defeat in over 22 years. Uh, Maurizio Sarri ordering his whole staff out of the dressing room to talk with the players for over an hour, delaying his post-match press conference in that post-match press conference he questioned maybe if he was unable to motivate the players of course the reaction to this has been crazy um so many uh questions so many doubts so many fears about the rest of Chelsea's season um Andrew it's pretty simple how did it all go so wrong in that second half of Bournemouth I think it's a bit of blame for everybody isn't it like I think Sarri got things wrong second half like some of his substitutions were poor I think he needs to be a bit more a little bit more flexible with things. And then also players, I think you see people not pressing, individual mistakes. Louise was was really, really poor with some of his errors at the end. It was just uh I mean first half wasn't wasn't too bad, right? It wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. We had a couple chances Kovacic should have scored. And then second half is just like capitulation. I don't know. Um yeah, I it's 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 just annoying, isn't it? Because you see what we're capable of in that Tottenham game. You saw you know that's the kind of performance that, if you can do that every week, then you're a top, then you're a good team. You know, but it's just so inconsistent right now, and I think there's got to be questions asked of uh, of everybody involved, really, players, poor performances, sorry as well. So uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a good day. That's the thing. It's so mystifying watching this Chelsea team this season because we've seen some really good performances. Um, Manchester City at home, Spurs at home last week, even throwing Liverpool at home. Um, we've seen some really good performances, but then you, you toss that in with some of these performances. 1-0 can happen, 2-0 on a bad day, 3-0 is ridiculous, 4-0 is just a complete embarrassment. Louis, you were at the game yourself, of course, uh, uh, as you do go to nearly all the games. Where did it all go wrong in your head? And also sort of give us the mood of the fan base um, there because we heard some of the chants towards Sarri when uh, Higuain got substituted. I, look, I think I think for me the the first half where people are saying it wasn't that bad, I just thought it's been the same issues we've been having game in game out for the past few weeks. Um, other than obviously like we've already mentioned the games against Spurs where we've shown what we were really capable of, um, and a few others, it was the same sideways, backwards, non-existent passing that it doesn't really make anything. And I, I thought you know if 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 look, look for there's a lot of people that you know, we all love Twitter. Uh, well, okay, loosely, I guess that's the term. Uh, we some, I think, some of us could say that we uh, we just deal with it. Um, but there's a lot of people who 
seem to be thinking that you know you have to have all of the ball to win football games and and stuff like that. And for me, it's kind of a case of look. I understand that's the style, but it wasn't a amazing performance from us at all in that first half for me. I, I didn't think it was great. I thought you know it's a team like Bournemouth, the players we have, we should be punishing them, uh, and we just were failing to do so. Um, so I kind of just then when he came into the second half, that's really where you kind of saw the. Well, what I was seeing in the first half, almost with the, the you saw the fruits of the labours from that, where everyone just kind of just capitulated and don't understand why. It's a case of, you know, that the style of that we're playing. I think, as as Andrew's already said, you know, it's it's a case of we are we aren't very flexible in how we how we perform, and it happened like it does with a lot of teams that are blasting the table that that don't really want to focus on possession style football uh, against the larger teams. They kind of set up with eleven men behind the ball. And counted us, and and it, it's it's a system that works. And obviously, you know, in the first, first half, it, it, realistically, it could have been six. They had two really good opportunities in the first half, which they squandered. Um, but you know, it's kind of it's kind of a case of it, it kind of went wrong for me when that substitution happened. But I think at the same time, we we can't really blame Maurizio Sarri. I think a lot of the fans at the game, you know, I, I disagreed with them saying he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I disagreed with them calling for to have him out. I think look. I, I am. A, I, I've said since day one. I, I'm not really bothered by the style of football. It's not really my thing. I, I just like to win games. That's that's what I think the most important thing is. And as like it is the the saying goes, if the top the most important stat in the entirety of the game is the one that's in the top left hand corner of the screen. If you're watching it, uh, and you know that red four 0 Bournemouth the other day, and it's kind of a case of even though it, it seems to a lot of people that he didn't know what he was doing. For the same token, if you look at the squad we've got, it's not really many options that couldn't could change up a game. It's all very like for like, um, and a lot of that comes down to from the top. You know the the lack of movement in the transfer market, in my opinion, as well. Um, in 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 other many transfer windows across multiple seasons, you know it's kind of come uh, off the back of that and panic buys and and just not having the general squad to deal with what we 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 need to be doing. To be honest, if you look in, in compare us to the other top six teams, I, I personally feel we have maybe the fifth or sixth best squad out of everyone on paper. I mean, if you look at it, I, I mean, Spurs obviously didn't make any signings, so they're probably down there with us. But, you know, they're, they're a couple of good signings away from being solid. Arsenal, in my opinion, are one centre-back away from being a very, very compelling top four team and maybe even a, t- a title contender. Obviously, Liverpool and Man City are Liverpool and Man City. And then United are, you know, uh, on paper, a very, very good squad. Um, and it's kind of a case of you know he he wasn't entirely at fault for the result that happened, but he has I, I appreciate the fact he's taken some of the blame, saying he set the team up wrong. But at the same time, look, we we've gone through three different managers now who have all said that the players they struggle to motivate the players. At some point, the the door the well the blame has to light the door of the players. Um, and I think for me for me now that was kind of where my convincing. It was, it was a case of if he's in there in a dressing room three games after Tottenham, two, two or three games after Tottenham, sorry, and then obviously 11 days on from Arsenal where uh, he was he was saying he was struggling again and they come out of the blocks against Tottenham and, and do so well. But then again, it just it just fails material. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very Chelsea thing to happen, in my opinion. We, we have these seasons over the past few years um, where we are just inconsistent. We we do really well in some games and just really struggle in others. 
Um, and it's a case of we need to figure out how to get the best out of these players. Now, for me, it's a case of they were talking about they wanted to have uh, and a more attacking style of football rather than this congested, uh, conformative style which we've had for many years. They've got that. They're now dropped. They're now down in tools again, in my opinion, because it's not going their way. Because stuff isn't going um, well in in the, in the direction of what they feel it should be. But you know, there's there's just, there's just so many questions that need to be asked, and it's because it's not just down to sorry, and it's not just down to that one result. But this one result should be considered a turning point in uh, the mindset of people at our club, in my opinion. A few good points uh, that, that you mentioned there was about you know the culture within these players, and we've had three managers now who have now complained about the, the culture within players. Andrew, it's almost basically quite identical to to last season. Almost to the day we lost three nil at home to Bournemouth last season, yeah. um, in quite you know similar fashion. Um, this season it's four nil. I remember quite soon after that it might have been the next game we lost uh, 4-1 to Watford so this team has capitulated like this in the past it's not uh, anomaly with with uh, with Sarri but I think that Louis picked up on there when we conceded the first one and it all started to go wrong this is a trend this season you know you look at Spurs away Wolves away uh, Leicester uh, the Arsenal game and now Bournemouth defeats where it seems like even in games like a few of those games where we were winning or we were in control, it seems the players just don't have a solution. Is this down solely down to Sarri not having a plan B or do you put it down to something else? I think some of the personnel that we have on the pitch don't complement the system in the way that they in the way that they could. I think having especially like uh, the number eight position, not having a goal threat or not having somebody who can really create chance in the opposition third. I think Kovacic is a, is a decent player, but he's, he's definitely better deep. And he doesn't contribute a lot. I mean, even yesterday he had a decent chance. Maybe he could have scored that. I don't think Barkley's been doing very much this season. The only real option there, I think, for me is Loftus-Cheek. But he's injured consistently, so it's hard to bring him in. Yeah, I, th- I think and also you look at the wingers again. Uh, Hazard has been is a great player, amazing player. He's the best player we've got. He doesn't press the best. And and that that does cause problems as well. Pe- uh, Pedro and Willian both are, are getting on a bit and aren't aren't great at that. I mean, the thing is, what you do have to look at then is if these players don't necessarily complement the system, could Sari make some tweaks and 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 change things? But that's not going to happen. We saw in in the press conference today. He said uh, he said no plan B, and I think we've all known that. That's when you get Sari in, you get this style of play. It's a bit like uh, you compare him to Guardiola, and and you look at how successful he's been. But the difference there is Guardiola has got the players that he wants. You look at they they spent 150 million pounds on fullbacks, and and they really gave him the full backing. And you you hope he'll get that at Chelsea, but you don't really know with the way we are with managers. So I think, yeah, I think it's just a case of it's it's a case of waiting for t- uh of time. But it's just it's just difficult, really. I think uh we we would really like to see him improve a little bit on that. Maybe just I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, to be honest. But I really just think the uh, the personnel is is an issue in that uh, in that starting eleven. I think a lot of the players don't complement the system, and that is like the fundamental issue with our squad right now. Of course, the Jorginho Kante debate has has been one that's rumbled on all season and and continues to rumble on. It's had um, its good moments. You know, City Tottenham last week was was one of those moments where people started to think, "Hang on, maybe this formation could work." Louis, is it is it solely down to to Sarri? And also, we talk about patience a lot with Sarri uh, this season. You know, I've I've won and, and Andrew there compared it to 
you know, looking at Pep's first season at City, they had some horrendous results. I remember them getting battered at Everton actually 4-0 at a similar time of the year. Um, of course, I'm not going to forget that Pep does did have an incredible CV before arriving at Manchester City. So it's not the same in terms of we can look at Sarri's previous and say, well, he's won European titles because he's still yet to win any major silverware. But but do you think it's a myth at Chelsea? Do you think patience at a club like Chelsea is a myth? Um, that Sarri, he's just not going to be afforded the time to make these type of mistakes, which are so high profile at Chelsea? I think it, it is a myth. Um I look, for, for me, it's kind of a case of when, when Richard Sarri came and I knew, for, for me, I think it's all well and good, us as fans saying, let's have patience, let's see what he does. And for me, like, I, if it's a poor performance, I, I have patience. If it's a poor performance, don't expect me to not be critical because that is, that, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Um, I, I feel that it's kind of a case of there, there has been times where, you know, people have been over, overly defensive uh, of... Uh, of of Sarri and his tactics, um, and I think there have been times where it has just been shocking. Um, but look, I, I have patience. I think he definitely is someone who who could take us further. But again, again, Andrew touched it already. The club, you know, that we, we we're not the ones that make decisions over who is uh, in the hot seat. We're not the one who makes decisions over who's signed. The club themselves do not have a. They don't seem to have a massive. Uh, how do I describe it? They don't seem to have a, a massive sense of patience, but and they they don't really have a business plan, in my opinion. I think, I think Chelsea's business plan is success by any means, and that's all well and good. And you know, it's it's obviously graced us with many trophies, and you know, obviously, we're I'm, as a fan, I'm, I'm massively grateful for that. But if Chelsea came out and said, "Look, you know, we're going to back Mauricio Sorry, he's here for the long run, um, and we're going to make sure that he takes has every." Every opportunity um, to to build this team, then brilliant. They they need to show that. However, not going out and splashing the cash on centre forwards, for example, in the past. We, we I mean, the prime example I take of the manager who really should have been backed uh, previously was Antonio Conte. Now, whether people like the style of football or not, um, obviously, I think all of the end we all agreed it was best that he left. It was poison, a poisonous atmosphere. But the season we won the league under Antonio Conte. He did it with, let's be honest, the fourth or fifth best team in the league. That team was not the the, the best on paper, and it was it was through the tactics and, and the formation which had been used for years, which people didn't really seem to get their head round that we won the league. And realistically, we should have gone, "What do you want? Let's go get everything you need." We should. We, he wanted Alexandro, we didn't get him. He wanted Lukaku, we wasted time on that, and eventually he went to Manchester United. And then we saw what happened there when he wasn't back. This window, within the summer, it feels like the traditional sense where. We uh we say to our manager, manager they come in and they go I want this player we signed Jorginho that's great in January we got Higuain on loan that's because we had limited options that were in terms of availability because it was January um, and I still think they're a bit missing which he 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 claimed he wanted Uzai the right back from Napoli obviously we can't sign the Napoli players at the minute because of the deal we struck with uh with, with Napoli when we brought in Jorginho and sorry but look for me it's kind of a case of the the club need to show that they are backing the manager, because it's we we can't keep saying we should we he needs backing he's backing because it doesn't really matter what we say at the end of the day. Um, they need to come out and say they're going to back him. But to begin with, you look at managers in the top six with contracts as well. Uh, Pep, uh, Pep's got a long term deal. Uh, Klopp's got a long term deal. Emre got a long term deal. Poch got a long term deal. Uh, Solskjaer obviously we don't know what's going to happen with him, but. Uh, 
you look at Mauricio Sarri's only got three a deal. So what's the, the the situation with Chelsea remains the same. It's it's there's no there's no different approach, and it's a case of we're seeing the fruits of labour in terms of longevity at other clubs and backing. We need to know what's going on with this Abramovich situation as well. But it's kind of a case of there's there's so much that weighs in in and, and out of favour with with Sarri and, and how the clubs run. For like I've been saying there, from top to bottom, that could really affect whether or not he's going to be at the club in the future. Um, and I, I, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen with that. I think it's, it's a, it's a conversation worth having, but the club needs to have it with the fans first before we can even say anything about it. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it, it seems a very sort of troubling time and sort of a curious time in terms of right now with Chelsea, where you sort of feel like the clubs at sort of a, a crossroads and sort of you feel like it could go either way. Um, Andrew, do you agree with Louis there that it's almost like Sarri's fighting against the tide and fighting against a culture that's been at this club for, for a long time and it's a winning culture and it's a, a culture of trophies and silverware and something that we're, we're all privileged and grateful for. Do you feel that now there needs to be an evolution at Chelsea? There's been a change in terms of now we have a top six in the Premier League. There's more money in the game. Chelsea aren't the only big dogs in town. Um, and we've seen, you know, the implementation of youth players into the side. Do you believe there's there needs to be an evolution uh, now within the side? And also, do you think the, the board should be doing more in the transfer window? Yeah, I think there has to be. I think... The way that we've we've got success over the past 15 years is fantastic. And as you said, we should all be grateful for that as fans. But I don't think it's a sustainable thing nowadays. I don't think we have the financial power to go out and buy you know, so many top players. I don't think we can compete with the likes of Man City's and PSG's. I, don't, so I, I mean, if you look at... Lou said this a little, a little bit himself. This squad right now is, is probably the, the, the weakest one out of the top six. And it, in my opinion, it's been, it's been getting almost weaker over the past you know, three, four years. And I think the only way that we're actually going to be able to be successful long term is if we do stick by a manager and we do give them the time to build a system and, 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 and you know, back them. Because I think we've got top manager, Mauricio Sarri. I know maybe he hasn't won as many trophies, but I really do think we've got a top manager here. And I think his system does work. I think you look at his, his history, I think there's proof that the system works. But it's it does require the right personnel. You're not going to be able to you know, play that system with, with, guys like, uh, with guys like, you know, aging wingers like Pedro Willian without a proper number eight. So I think... The long-term project, it can be there. Like We can have it, but the board really need to invest. They need to back him. They need to give him the signings we want. I think Jorginho is a step in the right direction. Higuain as well, even even Kovacic. Those are players that are a step in the right direction, but we need more, I think. A step needs... in the right direction, though? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but is he? Because he, what, 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 honestly, what, what, he doesn't really seem to be offering anything. He's, not really, he's too slow on the ball. I mean, addressing the issue of a top manager... You know, at the same time, he he's only got one system, and we've we've all we've all we've all agreed straight away that we need there needs to be tweaks. And oh yeah, obviously right now he doesn't have the personnel. So if he he needs to kind of find a balance between having the personnel to develop his system one, but then also being able to say right, I've got to work with what I've got. Here. I think there's potential though for him to for him to move the formation a little bit. I saw it in Napoli; he did play a four two three one there. I think he he can change. He needs to be more more flexible now because I mean I think. He has. I do think he has the ability to be a bit more flexible, but he's he's not doing it. I think, and he's not going to do it this season, in my opinion. I think he's not going to make any changes until he's until he's fully got this system, which, however long that takes, I've I've got no idea really. And I think Jorginho. I was more meaning in the sense that uh, 
he's a he's a sorry player. He's a player that he wants and and is important to his system. I think the way that he uh, yeah, there there are flaws to him. That's like he hasn't put in as many great performances as as he should have done. But I think you know there are you can't overlook the way that he does help us play out from the back and he does provide an important thing in our team. It's just the issue with that is you're then shifting Kante to a position he's not as familiar in. I personally, I, I think uh, I think Kante can play further forward, but I think he needs to be close to Jorginho to give him that protection in my opinion definitely interesting stuff moving on from there focusing on the fan base again um Louis once again you you were there of course interviewing fans after the game has the mood turned against Sarri and and do you think it'll be difficult for him to turn it around I don't I I think it's, it's very it's very selective on whether or not the moods change I think that there is a split down the middle between Chelsea fans um, over him, uh, but I think it's kind of a case of, you know, we. It's difficult. I think that for him to change this, the the sway he has to change the results. To change the results, he has to change the system. To change the system, he has to change his mindset. You know, it's, it's there's too many ifs and buts to really say whether or not he's going to, you know, make a massive difference to to the club and uh, and really try and push us forward in, in another way. Um, but for him to do that, I think, like I was saying, he's come out and said there's no plan B. He's now looking to change that. If that's the case, then that's that's one step in the right direction. Um, but he'd really, really have to push it if that was the case, uh, of whether or not there's a plan B, whether or not we can really change up what we're doing. Um, I, I, I can only speak for myself. Because and, and, you know, I'm, really, I'm not there... Uh, as someone who, who speaks to everybody because everyone has a very different opinion. Um, but I, overall, I, I just feel that you know he, he, he does need to change himself before he can even uh, address the issues of the results because there is, there is so much there uh, in terms of players and personnel that we've got and the system he wants to do where it simply doesn't work. And we talk about good managers and implementing the system and you, know, you need a good plan A before you can have a plan B. Look, you need to have that safety net. No matter what the industry is, there is always a safety net. If you operate without a safety net, you know you, you end up destroying yourself. Um, and to be honest, we, we really do need to change up uh, there. Uh, with, with the players that we have, the system simply doesn't work. And it's, that's just a fact. Um, it's not, a, it's not a, a dig at Sarah. It's not a dig at the system. You know, I feel you know, once it's there, if it works, and, then fine. Um, but he has to adapt with what he has right now. This the style of play that he has just simply doesn't work, and he needs to be able to you know, have the ability to see out games. And to be honest, everyone talks about it worked in Italy. The very reason that Napoli didn't win the title was down to Mauricio Sarri's stubbornness, um, and that needs to be addressed before Chelsea can even talk about uh, pressing forward and seeing what happens. Um, but look, we are as a club, we 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 have to. If, if he's going to get given time, it goes back to what I'm saying, the old the old adage, uh, the board needs to come out and, and say it. Uh, and the biggest thing is there just needs to be a shift from top to bottom. I think the first thing that needs to be implemented to, for us to really push forward and figure out what's going on is we need to get a director of football. I think that's that's stage one of the whole of the whole thing. He, there needs to be someone who could communicate between the board and uh, the manager. And it's not just the, well, the head coach, actually, because he's not a manager. He's, he's just coaching the side. Uh, and he, he needs, he, there's no point in him saying, I'd like this and the board go out and don't give it to him. Uh, it's a case of we really need to 
um, have someone who could communicate between Sari and the board and get the right players in to help aid us develop this system uh, and as well as that be able to compete on all four fronts because let's be honest if we just focused on redeveloping the system we we are going to fall behind um, and we, we, we need to be able to compete at the same time and whether that means having different variations uh, of sister system and different variations in terms of defensive output and all the other stuff as well and being able to play a stylized nice attacking football then that is what we need to do and I think we are fully capable of doing that we have we do have um players that can uh defend and and that do press and that they are they are good they're all quality players that have all worked in different varying systems um but we just need to work with what we have to begin with now that's what we have to do this year and then look if it comes to developing the system and bringing in the right players next year then that's what we'll do but right now we, we have to just focus on getting that top four spot because let's be honest if Maurizio Sarri doesn't get that top four he's failed what is the, the basic minimum um, of what the, what he was set out to do uh, and let's be honest where Chelsea are that probably means he'll get the sack From there we have to look forward uh, football is a quickly evolving game and Chelsea do have another game against Huddersfield and and I guess this is just a, a simple question to you Andrew what needs to happen now uh, we've spoken about what's gone wrong the issues uh, you know we could speak for hours about that but what do you think needs to change how does Chelsea improve? What does Sarri do to get Chelsea back into form? Because Chelsea need goals. I think that that's what Chelsea have been lacking over the last few months. The goals have dried up. Um, do you think it's a change of formation, personnel, a 4-3-1? Um, how, how would you go about solving solving this problem? I mean, to start off with personnel, I think we all would like to see a few um, a few of the the younger players come in. I think Hudson-Odoi certainly deserves to at least be involved. I think he can provide a goal threat. I think he can press. I think he's a great option for us to have. I'd like to see Loftus-Cheek get a game. If if he's fit, I'd like to see him start. I think, again, he's another person who can... He's got goals in his game. He can provide something that Kovacic and Barkley can't do. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Christensen get a game. I think he's been, uh, been steadily improving over the past few weeks in the games he's played. I thought he was good against Tottenham. He was good against Sheffield Wednesday. It was a nice assist for Hudson-Odoi. I'd like to see him brought in. I'm not sure who for... Uh, Louise, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop him. I thought he was poor, but I wouldn't drop him. I think he's still, a, I think he's his, his passing range is still great. I think he's still had a, had a good last few months, even if with those mistakes. I think he's still the best option there. I think Rudiger, I love Rudiger. I think he's great. Like he's one of the few players that shows that sort of passion that you want to see from players. I don't think he's been that great over the past few weeks, so maybe it would be an option to drop him. I don't see Sari making making too many tweaks tactically. I think it's uh he'll probably um probably keep going with some more of the same. I think he was talking about today about how he wants the front three Hazard, Willian, Pedro, those kind of players to to press more and be more well put put defenses under more pressure, which is is definitely true and I hope I hope they will, but I think for that to happen you need to play players that are better at pressing. I think you can play you can play Hazard you can play Willian and you can play Pedro, but both those guys are are, are thirty. They're thirty one. You know that they're not going to be able to sustain that pressing for the for the full game. So if you want to get that from your front three, then you you need to rotate. You need to play players in that position that can press. So hopefully we'll see that changed and uh and we can get the win. I mean Huddersfield is is the ideal the ideal opponent, isn't it? It's, it's the best the best team that you can really get to bounce back against, but. As as is always the issue, even if we, we do get a win tomorrow, it's it's about maintaining that. It's about the next game, the game after that, and the game after that, and just maintaining the performance levels and keep getting better. So we'll see what happens. Also, to remember that I think it's the 
the next league game after Huddersfield is Manchester City away. I'm pretty sure that's the next league game. So it's not exactly uh, the nicest league, especially away from home. But we have already beaten Manchester City this season. Um, Louis, what, what do you think needs to happen going forward? Because we have seen this Chelsea team in the early period of the season score lots of goals. The, the system looked to go where we were, we were matching Liverpool and Manchester City right up to that Tottenham game. Um, how do we get back to that? To be fair with that, we have to realise that even though that we were playing well at that time, I think everybody knew there was still room for improvement. There was there was still some, there was something missing, uh, uh, and I, I think the the high press. I, I think it's just an energy thing. I just think the players just just ran out of energy, or it's the fact that you know Sarri's not really a massive fan of rotation either. Yeah. That that kind of cost us. But again, to go to, to say that he doesn't really have the squad to rotate, so it's you know it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, I think, to be honest, you've got to look through February as well, full stop. You know, we've got City, we've got Spurs at the end of February, we've got Malmo uh, uh, in home and away. We've also got, um, we've also got City in the Cup again as well. We've got uh, United in the FA Cup. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be a tough month. And, you know, uh, I honestly, unless there is a, a, a quick change, Unless there is something where he turns around and goes, we're going to try this now instead, because um, he has had time to work on a system uh, or other systems as well, and or use what the players have. And I think one thing we were criticised—I was criticising earlier in terms of player power—it may be worth something kind of leaning into it a little bit more. As, as much as it's a a weapon, I, I wouldn't use right now. We have to focus on getting those results. And especially in a month as tough as this, you know, we could find ourselves cut adrift from top four. We could find ourselves potentially out of out of three competitions and straight away. I mean, I know it's unlikely to lose to Malmo, but you know, I'm, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. But you know, we could lose the FA Cup, the FA Cup to Manchester United. Chuck wouldn't let the, the odds are stacked against us in the cup against uh, the Cabal Cup against City and going to their place. You know, they've scored a ridiculous amount of goals in January uh, and haven't conceded any, I believe. Um, so it's kind of a case of we have to be really careful uh, with with what we think we're capable of. But right now we just have to focus on and take each game as it comes. I, I honestly couldn't tell you, mate. Honestly, with 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 this City team, they they just look far stronger than we are. It is worth pointing out that City did lose the other night away to Newcastle. So you know the, the City team haven't been as I guess as emphatic and as um, perfect as they were last season. So, you never know, as I say, before we went into the game at home to City, I think everyone was sort of dreading that game and we saw what happened in that game. So, you never know, things in football can change drastically one way or the other. But before we really dive into Huddersfield and team selection for that game, I need to just touch on the transfer deadline day, uh, which passed. Um, Chelsea didn't get a Fabregas replacement, which I know did frustrate a few people. I know, Andrew, we spoke about uh, Paredes and Barella potentially coming yeah. in. Um, but do you actually think, looking at it from the opposite end in terms of youth in the team, do you think that this actually could be good for the likes of Ethan Ampadu and Loftus-Cheek in terms of game time, in terms of getting in the first-team squad, that uh, a replacement didn't come in and actually this can open up a door for them? Uh, I'm not sure. The thing is, I, um, it, it's good for Ampadu. I think Ampadu. It, it's good to see him play games, but he's not—he's he, not the ideal replacement for Jorginho. He's not ideal in midfield, and I, I don't think he was that great against Sheffield. I thought he was—you know—he he wasn't bad, but I don't think he was ideal. And I think Jorginho is 
definitely been tired, especially over the Christmas period. He's, he's played so many games. He's started almost every single game and he can't keep playing every single minute like that. And I think you do need a replacement and I'm just not sure if Ampadu is ready to step in like that. He's certainly got the maturity, but I'm not sure if he just he has learned the role enough to step in like that. So maybe, maybe you can play Kovacic there as well as another option there. But I think personally, I would have liked to see somebody like uh like maybe not Paredes because he was he was they were looking for a lot of money for him but but just somebody to come in there maybe a Lobotka from uh I think Celta Vigo just somebody you can play that position you can bring in you can rely on to so you can rotate Jorginho out and you don't need to start him every single game I think it could cause us problems especially when we get all those big games in quick succession this month if we don't have a, a ready-made replacement to come in for Jorginho so I think it's uh I, I would have liked to see somebody come in look your opinions on this and also is it uh, worth pointing out that maybe selling Fabregas was a mistake? I don't think it was a mistake. I think it, it made the move makes sense. He he wants to get regular football. He's been a great servant at Chelsea, um, and I, I think you know he was pretty much set to go from the beginning of the season. So I don't think the mistake was there. The mistake again, as, as we've already addressed, it is is not getting a replacement. But for the same token, for me, Mateo Kovacic is the ideal replacement to Jorginho. Um, let's be honest, they both do exactly the same thing on the pitch they don't really uh, we're talking about wanting a, a pressing number eight um if you had Kovacic playing maybe in that deep line position you'd have Loftus Sheets come in um Ethan Ampadu I, I think he, he like we're saying yeah he might not look great he's got maturity he plays well there in in that game against Sheffield United he, he wasn't there to play um as, as a Jorginho player he, he wasn't that you know because we, we I think sorry knew that he he wasn't that kind of player um I think that Kovacic would be a better better for than uh, option than Jorginho anyway, irrespectively, because he, well, to be honest, he, he kind of just offers that that sense of uh, of stability. I think he's a, he's a bit more sturdy um, and a bit more brutish. I think that's something that we've been uh, missing significantly. Um, we we need we need that type of player. We need someone who's going to uh, really push the team. Um, from the back in terms of passing, but also has that ability to, to make a tackle. Um, and I, I, I honestly don't feel Jorginho has that. Um, and we, 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 that's something that we have been in dire need of. Um, but I think like, uh, Paredes was not a good option, in my opinion. Um, from what I've read on him, from what I saw, highlight reels, God forbid. Um, but it's kind of a case of he, he's just a, he's a tackler. Um, he's he's a, he's not a deep line playmaker from from what I saw and what I've read. He is a he's a defensive midfielder. Um, Barella was more of a, de- a defensive, uh, more of a playmaker. But at the same time, look, um, would, would, would you pay fifty million quid for someone who's going to be second choice? You know, or would you? Would, we might have ended up dropping uh, Kovacic or, or someone who's not uh, going to be at the club long term. But it's kind of a case of. You know, it, it wouldn't make sense to pay 40, 50 million for someone who's going to play second fiddle. And I think the fact that the, the sales technique for that player uh, from Marina and the board apparently was, we are going to be, you're going to be second choice. Look, it's, it's, they're not going to want to come. Um, and it's kind of a case of, we, we, I think it's an option for the youth, but it's a case of those youth now need to be given the opportunity. And it's all, again, it goes back to what I'm saying, is that there's just, just a lack of communication from everywhere. Um but as a case of saying, give you the opportunity, this is Chelsea. John Terry was the last player to come through and uh, play any significant part. That should tell you all we need to know about youth and why I'm not completely convinced by uh, the prospect of youth players even getting the opportunity. 
Yeah, it is the big question mark looming over Chelsea constantly about giving you a chance. Um, another player who got a loan late uh, on, on deadline day was uh, Michi Batshuayi. Uh, he'd sort of been touted all over the place. There, there was rumours he could have gone to Monaco earlier in the window on a permanent deal, then to Everton on a permanent deal. Even Tottenham was thrown into the mix. Uh, but late last night, um, it was it was uh, decided that Crystal Palace would be his next destination for a loan move. Uh, Andrew, uh, we, we spoke about Batshuayi as well, about how much of a future he has at Chelsea. Is this a good move for him? Um, I mean, I think he'll do all right. I mean, he's, I've, I've always been a fan of him. I, mean, I don't think he's the best player in the world, but I think he's a good finisher. I think he, if he gets chances, which he should do with, with you know, Townsend and uh, and Zaha both being pretty, pretty decent wingers, he should get some opportunities to score. I think he'll have a, a, you know, I think he'll have a decent spell. Personally, I'd have liked to see him stay around as a, as an, as another option. I mean, we've got Giroud, who's, uh, who's not looking too great when he plays Higuain. It doesn't seem to be ready to play the full 90 and, even then, it's nice to have a third choice option like we had with uh, like we had with the Remy a few seasons ago. It's just good to have that extra striking option who can come in and maybe provide something off the bench or start some cup games. Just somebody who can score some goals. And I think that's what he does. You know, he's not the best, but he, the guy's a goal scorer. So I'd like to see him stay. But yeah, I think I think he'll do all right at Palace. Lou, do you f- uh, agree with Andrew there, or or do you think that uh, it's right to loan him out? Three goals this season, and he didn't really score many for us, and. Uh... And uh, well, it outside of the cups and the lower teams last year, uh, I think a loan move is good for him. Uh, and let, let's be honest, he, he played well at Dortmund, but you know he's, he he went he wasn't really given the opportunity uh, of Valencia. Well, we we played twenty three games, but I don't know whether he was started how many of them he started. Um, yeah, he's he's a goal scorer. I think he'd be good in terms of a fox in the box. Another option, I completely agree. But you know, I think I think the, for me the real test now, and I think this was a good move for him, was because we get to see whether or not he can deliver in the Premier League on a consistent basis. If Michi Bashwai goes to the Crystal Palace, scores a regular amount of goals, does really, really well, then you can turn around and say, oh, you know, he might be able to move out of the loan army. He could be another player who we could really consider as another option. Um, and then we can we can take it from there. But, you know, that that I think that he needs that test. I think he, he obviously, he did well in Dortmund. He did well in France. He didn't really deliver in Spain, but you know we can't really put that all down to him. Um, but it's kind of a case of you know I think this is the right move for him, and he needs to be given that opportunity um, on the Premier League stage on a consistent basis, which he'll definitely get at Crystal Palace. Doesn't it seem though like with um with Sarri's system, the striker doesn't touch the ball that much, doesn't touch the ball that much, and there's you know the kind of player that seems to thrive in his his team almost are those sort of fox in the box type players that can just. They don't need to be t- involved that much, but they just can apply the finishing touch. Don't you think maybe he could have provided something if he was to stay around? I, I, I agree with you there. I said, I said, I agree. I think he can be that player who can offer that. Um, but for me, the, the question remains is, you know, we, we had two centre-forwards. I, I think even though Giroud's not scoring goals, he's a superb team player and he does the things which, uh, which to be honest with people, he does the shit people don't see, excuse my French. Uh, I guess is the correct term. I think it's kind of, Case of the way he he brings Hazard in, the way he bring brought for example prime example that Sheffield Wednesday guy that Williams scored the second one, you know he he really took the bull by the horns and and really offers opportunities to his teammates. Um, I, I think that that is the the thing which which he offers. Mitchie Bashwine on the other hand, yeah he is a fox in the box, but look for me I, I think it's kind of a case of he he needs to 
he needs to offer a lot more. Just uh, he, we we need we we're saying in the system he doesn't he doesn't um, the striker doesn't touch the ball very often. Look, we need someone who offers a bit of variation, and Giroud offers that variation as someone who can touch the ball and hold the ball up. When let's be honest, when we've um, been playing better with more direct football rather than passing the ball around, you know we, we've seen better results. And I think that for me, that is what the uh, nature of the beast is. And I think Michi Batshuayi, I think he just needs to take this opportunity, at Crystal Palace, and then we can really discuss whether or not he he's a, a player of Chelsea level. Yeah, as Louis pointed out there, it's going to be interesting to see with Mitchie Batshuayi, a Premier League loan move. He's had the loan moves to Dortmund and to Valencia. And you never know what the landscape is going to be at Chelsea uh, come the summer. And looking at his age, if he starts getting into form in the Premier League, he could potentially do the unthinkable and become a first choice at Chelsea. May happen, probably won't happen, but uh, it will be intriguing to see. Before we go, we have to talk about the game against Huddersfield at home in the Premier League, Stamford Bridge. Um, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, this is a must, must win game for Sarri. And also it's a must win in terms of being a good win um, because Chelsea haven't won a game well, you'd say, in, in quite a while. I would I would say, I don't know if you agree with me, Andrew, Burnley was probably the last game that comes to mind in terms of a league game. Burnley away was the last game that Chelsea really did um, dominate a game and, and put a few goals uh, against the opposition. Um, how, how do we go about this? Uh, what changes do you make? Um, your, your thoughts before the game? I mean, if you're looking for a lineup, I'd go with uh, probably uh, stay, same back four as last time. Maybe Christensen in for Rudiger, and then uh, I'd say I'd go with uh, probably Jorginho, Kante, and, and Loftus Cheek, assuming he's fit. And I'd like to see Hudson Odoi play Higuain and Hazard up front. I think that lineup, you know, that that should do the job, and I think it just ha- there has to be like a reaction from a from just from a purely effort point of view. I think we need to see players really, really pressing, really being aggressive, really moving the ball much quicker than they have been because it was it was it was far too slow and pedestrian against Bournemouth. Even in the first half, it was just really, really poor individual mistakes. It's just I, th- I think it was it was a bad performance from the manager. I think you know Sari could have done better. He could have made his substitutions better. He could have altered his tactics, you know, maybe gone with a 4-2-3-1, as somebody said. But there's also issues on the field, and I think a lot of the players really weren't performing to the ability, to the way that they can do. I'd like to see Hazard move the ball a little bit quicker. Just, I think all the players in the team really could could have done a lot better in that game. So I think you'd see a lot of, a big change in the uh, the effort levels, and also uh, hopefully the lineup that I said as well. Louis, your thoughts before the game? Basically, it just has to be an improvement on what we saw uh, against Bournemouth, uh, look again. If Sari was talking about the, you know, I had a go at the players. We had a conversation as men, as they're all saying as well. Then uh, I think look, we need they need to come and perform uh, and really prove their point. Uh, I think as well as that, look, if we do lose, if they're really saying they're coming out as men and and proving a point, if you're going to go with the uh, old adage of of men uh, and the, what the stereotype is, if they do lose, don't just walk around the centre circle. Um, and just try and apologise, and actually, you actually come to the fans uh, and speak to them about stuff as well. Um, but obviously, in an ideal world, look, this in this game, Huddersfield are, are poor at the moment. Um, they're not, they're not scoring. They're, they're not defending. They've just got a new manager in. It's, it's all, it's all up in the air for them as well. Obviously, and they are sat at the foot of the table, pretty much cut adrift. So we have to really go out and uh, and really put the sword to them. Um, but the chances are again, eleven men behind the ball. 
let's just see how the uh, methodologies to, to breaking that team down uh, and see if we can get the result, I, th I think. But realistically, we should be going into this game and we should be winning it. Yes, it's definitely a must win as well because top four, um, us and Arsenal were neck and neck. Uh, luckily, Manchester United did drop points the other night. Um, but because, of course, we uh, lost, um, the gap between us and them has closed uh, uh, again so for Chelsea it is a definite must win especially with Manchester City on the on the horizon uh before we go score predictions uh Andrew your your score prediction for the game I'm gonna be really really optimistic maybe maybe a little bit deluded actually and go with a go with a 4-0 win a real statement to come back that is bold uh Louis I'm gonna <laughs> guess you're not gonna be as optimistic as Andrew I I, I don't know why I just I get the sense you're not gonna be Oh, you've not, you've known, you've known me for five years, mate. I think we all know that. Well, I'm definitely not going to be that optimistic. I'm going to go. Well, can I? Oh, will we concede? Will we be a team that concedes to, to Huddersfield? That wouldn't be good. Do you know? I'll, I'll, I'll be slightly optimistic. So we won't concede. I reckon we'll win one nil. Take that over the top ball from David Luiz into either Gonzalo Higuain or chances are again in Galo Kante. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just. There's a bit of me that wants to see Chelsea come out and absolutely just destroy Huddersfield, you know, and and those players. Because I've seen it firsthand, the quality we have in that team. I think, you know, although we spoke about the, the depth of the squad and the quality of the squad, there are very good players within that squad. And I have seen, once again, in front of my own eyes, how good they can be on their day. It's just, it's so frustrating and... It, you don't know what you're going to get with Chelsea, really, and it's so hard to predict. Um, I think we were predicting like three-one, three-nil scorelines for Bournemouth, and yeah, we know yeah. how that turned out. So it's if I would, you know, I just love this Chelsea team to come out and and just just do it for the fans. You know what I mean? I know it's a very simple thing to say. You know, go. I'll, you know, I'll go over. I'll go over four-nil, but four-nil. <laughs> it does sound slightly deluded because we. You, We've just got battered for nil by Bournemouth, so it's it's hard for me to know where to what to predict with this Chelsea team. They can on their day beat Spurs. They can on their day turn over Manchester City, but on their day they can get battered by Bournemouth. They can get battered by any team really. Um, so it's it's hard to say. But I, I will go for you know I'll go less optimistic. I'll go three nil, um, and I'll go for a clean sheet and hopefully a Higuain goal. So that that's. That's, that's from me, really. How about Hazard, Higuain and Hudson-Odoi to score? That'd be a, that'd be a good day. Um, so that is it for the pod, guys. Sorry it's been downbeat, but I mean, what else really do you expect after the week? And hopefully we had some good debate and came to a few solutions and hopefully uh, we can all now move in the right direction. Um, that that's the hope. So before we go, give a chance for our guests to shout out um, their online profile so you can go and check them out and support what they're doing. Andrew, as ever, where can people find you online? At CFC Extra on Twitter. Uh, also the same on the Chelsea Echo. I know that's a really uh, a really good, booming sort of um, profile thing that um, Simon's got set up. So go and check me out on that as well. Definitely. And Louis, where can people find you online? Find me on Louis underscore Beneventi on Twitter. If you want to come and abuse me for my opinion, I do love having a nice <laughs> conversation. Uh, Don't um, abuse, please. Have, have a good debate. Have a good debate. <laughs> no, it's fine. Whatever. I'm used to it, mate. Uh, but yeah, have a good debate. It's always, I do enjoy those. Uh, and I've enjoyed coming on here as well. It's been actually it's been really enjoyable. Great debate on here. Uh, all Dan always likes to deliver on those. And he's always been a great content creator, no matter what he's done. 
Um, but yeah, you find me on there, and obviously find me on uh, 100% Chelsea, uh, the number one Chelsea fan channel uh, on the internet. Um, we're doing also going through a bit of a, a rebranding phrase at the minute, so uh, you know we're going to we deliver some more fresh content, uh, some new ideas. We're going to try and plow into the channel as well, uh, and really uh, try and give you guys everything you need in one place. Uh, but listen, like guys, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries, man, and hopefully we'll have you back on the pod as well. I just want to say. Um, to to give back the compliment to Louis. Um obviously was was on 100 percent Chelsea um really when you know not compared to the, the height it is now. Um and I have to say firsthand how hard Louis works on this channel. Um and I know people including myself have have our own criticisms of fan channels, but you cannot deny the hard work that goes in to being a fan channel and getting those videos up. I've personally done it only once or twice and it is a difficult job and the amount of passion and the amount of dedication Louis puts into it, he really does deserve your support and really does deserve your eyes to go on that channel and, and make it better and I'm sure it's going to continue to improve. So thank you, Louis, for coming Appreciate on. Thank, thank you, you, Andrew, as there are. I hope all of you out there um, in the UK are not dealing too badly with snow. I know there's, there was snow overnight, so um, hopefully it's, it's, it hasn't uh, ruined your day too much. Um, and hopefully Chelsea's performance tomorrow will, will warm us all up and hopefully the three points. Um, you can follow me as well on Twitter, at Son of Chelsea. I do post articles as well to che on, on Chelsea Echo, which is, as, as Andrew pointed out, is growing every day getting more writers and it's it's a really good platform uh to get on there maybe one day we'll see louis on that that'd be a that'd be a, a, a good That's... a good addition get get simon phillips to to get louis on on the the team of writers because that's growing um so yeah thank you guys so much for listening um up the chels keep believing uh and uh yeah we'll see you again